My name is Will Holden, and today I am joined by the marvellous Mark Wall. How are you today, sir? Yo, I'm all right. Very good. And I'm also joined by the audacious Andy Melbourne. How are you today, sir? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Just, uh, you know, eating tea whilst we whilst we do this. <laughs> You've got to multitask. It's a busy world. Absolute pro to the very end. <laughs> uh, today, we are here to discuss uh, your choices and first, as always, is uh, the film, and that is 1973's The Day of the Jackal, directed by Fred Zimmerman, screenplay by Kenneth Ross, based on the book by Frederick Forsyth. Uh, it stars Edward Fox, Terence Alexander, Michelle O'Claire, Alan Badel, Tony Britton, uh, Denis Carey. I'm guessing which ones are French and which ones are English, but it could be, uh, could be anybody's guess. The blurb goes, in the aftermath of France allowing Algeria's independence, a group of resentful military veterans hire a professional assassin codenamed Jackal to kill President Charles de Gaulle. This was the sixth attempt on the life of President de Gaulle. In desperation, the OAS terrorists hired a professional killer. His codename, the Jackal. This is a once-in-a-lifetime job. Whoever does it can never work again. How much do you want? Half a million. What? In cash. I'd like to know how you expect us to find half a million dollars so quickly. Tell us a bit about your pick, Andy. Um, it's just a, it's another one of those films that I just remember uh, watching when I was younger and really enjoying. I think I've probably seen it two or three times before this more recent rewatch, but probably not for, for a decade plus. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to see how it held up, really. I, I kind of thought it would up be up Mark Street, and I wasn't sure about you, but but we will see. I'll uh, I'll save what I thought on a rewatch, I guess, for a little bit later. All right, Marco, do you want to give us any opening thoughts? Yeah, I I thought I like it. I was very excited. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put it out there straight away. Very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we shall come to why. Yeah, what did you think? Well, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. It's within that kind of genre of films I quite enjoy. I'd sort of group it together with both sort of World War Two and Cold War espionage films, despite it not quite being in either of those time periods. And I think for the most part, it does a pretty decent job. I do think the kind of um, the climax, the payoff is a little bit kind of disappointing at the end of the film. I think it's, uh, as I normally complain about, I think it's quite long at two hours and 23 minutes. And uh, due to that feels a bit slow in parts. So it's not kind of one of my absolute favorites of the genre, but yeah, decent. I enjoyed it. So I really enjoyed it on a on a rewatch. It really held up for me. I think the, I remembered the ending coming and that it's a really, really low key ending. I kind of like that about it. I like that the, like the you're following the story from two perspectives, aren't you? Basically, you've got the jackal, who's trying to you know commit the assassination, and then you've got like the detective who's trying to track him down. And like he basically, they get to the point where they've kind of got his identity, and they know when he's well. They suspect when he's going to do it, and so and also because they have like evidence of him, like having killed somebody else they can then like publicize it and so he just gets taken off the case 
you're basically next scene when he looks like he's been asleep for about 16 hours because he hasn't <laughs> slept in about a week. Yeah, and I like that. I like that he's just kind of... It, it's just a world thing, isn't it? Like, he's just absolutely dismissed, like he's done his job. It's not the, like, exciting payoff that you're wanting. And then, obviously, like, it gets to the day and they still haven't caught him and, like, he's drawn back into it and he's the guy who kind of does the killing at the end. But... Like even that, like that. If it was, if that was a real event, then none of that is getting publicised. It's just a like, it's just essentially done his job. Like, there's no like hero fanfare. Like, nobody knows what's happened. Like, aside from him and a few people within the like French Secret Service. And yeah, I like that as like a really tidy, small ending. It sort of it sort of fits the world in which he was like working in throughout the whole film. I hear your words and I agree in principle, but <laughs> in practice, it just so it felt like it it just sort of snapped at the ending and without getting too much into it as it's we're right at the beginning of talking about it, but kind of sort of the way that he stumbles into catching him at the end after everything else felt a bit off. And then it like a lot of the films of this sort of era, it has no cool down. It just it just stops as soon as the story is done, like the credits roll, which yeah. is absolutely fine. Like that's not a big criticism, but as you say, you get this film from two perspectives, and the whole time they're sort of leading into this point where they confront each other, and ultimately the confrontation is just it's just a sort of a blip. It's it's kind of a nothing, and I think a lot of the 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 tension of being built up was lost in that. And I hear your point, nevertheless. I think one of the problems, one of one of many I have, to be honest, is that those two perspectives rarely intertwine, really. There's no sense of like really like the hero and the villain. I think of something like uh, In the Line of Fire, the, the Clint Eastwood film, which this reminded me of a little bit, with John Malkovich as, as the assassin. And there's sort of this relationship that builds up between the two of them. As it as it goes round, or even something like Catch Me If You Can is another example with uh, DiCaprio and Hanks, where it actually somewhat builds something between the two. And it's not necessarily that they have to share scenes or conversations, but there's some link between them, and it it, it really ties it together. And this this just doesn't have that at all. And I felt like it's actually Michael Lonsdale. I don't think you mentioned in the cast who um who plays the head detective. He's an actor I quite like. He's in Ronin. He's Hugo Drax from Moonraker, which is awesome. And he he just felt like a non-entity of a character to, to me. Like his his one notable aspect is that he he's tired. It's, it's not very interesting. And like they do nothing with him to expand him as a character at all. I don't think there's I don't think there's a huge amount on almost any character. Like you have an idea of but, but this uh, is my point. I don't but the film doesn't try to do that. It's like I it's understand. All, it's that's, all that's... about the the kind of like the fact that you have like literally the kind of you said that the film just ends there. Like there is a little more at the end of it where you learn that the things that they kind of assumed about the jackal and actually led them to catching him are not true that <laughs> like, mm. they, they have no like they're literally burying this guy and they have zero idea who he is like what his original identity was but so i think like you get you get a little bit of his character because of the kind of actions that he does but there's zero backstory because like us as an audience and and within the film they have no idea what his backstory is 
Yeah, and it's it's it is that exactly that. It's very much a film focused on people doing their jobs, basically, which is something I can actually quite like. Like Michael Mann does it quite a bit. Like I'd say he is kind of that as well. You're just watching people being good at what they do. I didn't really get the sense that the detective was amazing at what he did. There was very few moments where I was like, oh, that's seriously clever or interesting. It's just kind of like he's just going about this bland business, telling other people what to do, and then it just sort of happens. It's it's not particularly engaging. Now, the Jackal is a lot more interesting and good to watch, and what he does is more interesting to me. But if you're not going to have any character depth at all and you're just watching people go about their business, I think the business needs to be a little bit more exciting or tense or whatever, or the film needs to have style. And this film doesn't have style. Like the cinematography is incredibly bland. The pacing, I don't mind slow pacing, but it's just, you know, there's no peaks and troughs really. There's a couple of accents throughout it, but not very much at all. And it's just not... It's not gripping as a story for me. Yeah, see that—that's where I just disagree with a with a huge amount of that. I think the the film really draws me into the kind of world that is set. Like it's it's it dots about kind of all over all over Europe, but it's like a timepiece, I guess. Like I don't think there's anything like superbly like interesting within the like cinematography, but there's it, it just kind of uses the a huge variety of like scenery from like which which kind of puts it within a a world of its time that i really like there's very little music i find it mm-hmm. very like suspenseful like i think it builds up it builds up kind of yeah i just get sort of drawn into the world and like the suspense of the story it does definitely lose a little on a rewatch i think because i know how the story ends but that suspense is still there for me even without knowing that even with knowing that, sorry. So like with the location stuff, I partially agree with that. I Those were some of my favourite scenes where the Jackal was just sort of scouting out planning. It, it feels like he is wandering around the real world, basically, the way it's that that stuff is shot. And it does feel like the actor is just basically walking around the streets and it's all very naturalistic. And I kind of enjoyed that stuff. And I enjoyed some of his... Again, he has some nice moments. I think the scene with the ladies is uh, well, the couple of scenes with her are pretty interesting and a little bit more interesting character wise as well for him. And obviously, the scene, I think, of his first killing with the um, it's not the armorer, I can't remember it. It's, it's the sort of back alley dude, yeah, shady guy the, who uh, I really like. He's one of the rare characters that kind of stands out as a character, yeah, I think he's, he's pretty fun. Yeah, it's like the forger, isn't he? Like, he's uh, he's making his like, yes, it's like That's... fake passport and uh, and stuff. And he's got charisma, hasn't he? Like, he's immediately and and that that death feels very sudden. It's like that at that point in the film, I was quite into it, I would say. I think all the killings are great in it because they don't they almost don't suit his character because he is like quite charismatic and like although you see very little about him like just his interactions with people are quite like yeah he has a bit of like charm about him and stuff but it's sort of classic psychopath isn't it he's yeah but he's just charming so with... he's so just cold and ruthless in those moments like there's no sort of second thought or it's just like well no i have all. to i have to kill them in these situations in this situation so like 
that's what I'll do. <laughs> it's just, it's like part of the job. I think I agree with both of you in, in sort of different parts. Uh, Mark, I agree with your point, I think, about like the detective half of the strand is less interesting and actually arguably not just about the detective, like it's split between a few characters. You have like some of the ministers and uh, and, and some of the people in Scotland Yard. And I think in within that sort of too much of the mystery is kind of solved by just going, somebody's seen him. There's just a, yeah, but and, I find that as just a like a real it's a, it's a realism, isn't it? It's like it's a it's a yeah. It's that's, a, for me, that's too real to be interesting. That's it's, it's just you might yeah, as well read a, might as well read a newspaper. No, <laughs> I, I, I caught sort of just just bought into the idea of like there's no bombast about it. Like what they're doing is just relatively mundane police work, where you know it literally calls up like every agency. Like within Europe, trying to find like any sort of links to this name, and then uh, you know the the police work is literally sort of going through every single hotel booking that's been registered, trying to find like the next name that they've got associated with a passport, and like it's just realism. I also like like some of the little like hunches and bits that they have that occasionally don't come off or do come off and sort of aren't really based on anything, like the fact that. They sort of link the jackal to his original name, like his code name to his name, but that wasn't his name because the person's house eventually turned up and like like things like that. Like it's um yeah, I like I like that stuff. Like there was no no attempt to like glorify any of it. It was just showing him working every hour of the day doing hard, boring police work. Well, it's certainly like I mean, you mentioned a bit there that there was good. Um, but overall. I just didn't find it all that sort of thrilling through those bits. I'd say in a very long film, I think there's quite a lot of just sort of a scene of somebody coming across a car and calling it in. And I know, like, as you say, it's realism, but it's not quite what I'm there for. On the flip side, where I agree with you, Andy, is that um, firstly, yeah, the, the character development, I do like it when you have that sort of relationship between the cat and mouse, but I'm also absolutely fine with something which is sort of purely plot driven as this is. And um, I also agree it kind of adds to the mystique of the jackal um, that you don't you don't know anything and neither do they. Even the jackal, I think a lot of the a lot of the jackals like preparation isn't particularly exciting. Like it just isn't a film, I think, that does that. I totally get why you wouldn't enjoy it if you didn't buy into like the suspense of the story and the kind of tension that I felt was there. But like the jackal, a lot of it's like preparation. It's not fantastically exciting. Conversely, I did actually enjoy all of that. Like I, I, I enjoyed all of that as well. I just like it isn't it isn't in like you know when he steals a passport off the like Danish teacher. Like it's just a it's a guy in a it's a guy in an airport and he just swipes a passport guess, out of his I suppose pocket. The... There's no like exciting like adventure attached to it. It's just him. He knows he needs another like disguise another passport so he swipes himself one i think the difference for me is that the mundanity of spycraft is more interesting than the modality of police work yeah 100 percent agree like the mechanics of watching the jackal like at work is way more interesting to watch than what is just nothingness for the other side of the equation, the procedural elements. Now that stuff can be very interesting. Like please procedural stuff can be like fantastic, 
I feel like all I'm doing is name checking other films, but it's just because I feel like there's there's other films which do similar things so much better. Like there's a Kurosawa film called High and Low, which is exactly that. It's all focused on what the police are doing and the procedural elements of them hunting these people down. And it's just absolutely enthralling and captivating in the way it's presented. And again, I just come back to the the lack of of style. And I, I don't mind there not being any music, although I, I think this film very much could have done with some in many places, to be honest. But there's there's no clearly they're going for that realism angle, which I get. So everything kind of looks like it does in real life, really. It's just very, you know, they they don't shoot it in any sort of they don't wait for certain lighting in the sky or they don't shoot from certain angles or it's like it's not got like know, a noir sort of flavor as it where they've they've gone no, for it, that it, sort of artistic it I doesn't just, have any of that at all i and just then, feel like you 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 so i don't think that the film lacks style i think it's kind of choices are the stylistic choices that it went for like it almost presents it like a kind of documentary style like i say there's lots of opportunities i think to kind of I've read the book and the the film is very true to the book. Things have happened in slightly different orders, but it's incredibly true to the kind of story that is presented. There's no attempt made to kind of make it, I don't know, like Hollywood it or sort of make it cinematic or it's it's just very much presented. I think the film looks great. Like I don't... I don't see the style as a negative. I get what you mean. Like there's none of those like... There's nothing sort of unusual or interesting that's kind of done behind the camera, but I think it's supposed to be like presented as like the whole story is quite, like I say, like based in realism and the and the kind of picture is as well. That that's part of the thing that just drew me into the world and like added the kind of suspense to it. I, I like the choice to have like like basically no music. I think the only music that's in it is like contained within the film I find, yeah i find that very like very effective it opens with just score and no background noise in the first few minutes and then has mm. almost no music for the rest of it which i don't know if that was done to specifically mean something but like what what did you what did you feel about the story like did you think like were you rooting for the jackal to be caught were you like did you have any feel of what you wanted to happen at the end like either of you? I think my sort of, uh, this uh, I've learned this from playing video games, is I just, uh, I can't help but sway towards the perceived powers of good. So therefore I can't, I can't help but root for the detective to catch the jackal, but it's in the full knowledge that the jackal is just the, the much more interesting uh, aspect of this film. I, th- I guess it says something about me that I'm the opposite. I <laughs> Because the the problem is that they just give nothing to that other side at all. I, I don't care. Like, I didn't even know who half of them were or understand. There were so many other characters, whether it be, like, the political side, like, the little factions, like, the police and all of that. that it just switches from person to person, and it gives no one a chance to make any impression at all. And even the people who do have more screen time are given no characteristics whatsoever other than trying to do the job. Again, I sort of yeah all, all of this I keep I'm sort of repeating myself but all of that would be fine if what they was doing was more interesting or if it's not going to be more interesting do it in a more stylish way do something 
to make it stand out a bit. Realism does not mean it has to be boring, and a lot of it is quite boring. Yeah, I just, I just felt like I basically fundamentally disagree on that level. Like, I, I just, I just bought, yeah, I, again, just repeating, but I, I just bought, <laughs> yeah, in, I, I just bought into it, and it sort of created the like tension in the world because of the realism. What I was going to say is that, like, I think I would have been equally satisfied if the goal survived or died. I think, like, the film does a fantastic job of presenting uh, the jackals this, like, like psychopath is probably right. Like this kind of is almost like just a, I don't know, like a, a charming but kind of empty vessel of a human being. Like it doesn't really, it doesn't have any sort of, it doesn't seem to have any sort of feelings whether he has to kill somebody or whatever. It's just part of his job. And yet, like I think I would have been satisfied if he got away with it. Like a, a bit of you is kind of rooting for him, but I was also satisfied that the police one at the end because. They, they caught him literally just through hard work. There's no, there's no nothing else. Like he just had as many people as he could manage to muster just doing kind of grind police work to try and catch a guy who at the start of it, they had absolutely, they, they literally had the information. Somebody is going to attempt to kill the president at some time. And that's it. Like there is nothing to go off and all the information that they got is just through like graft and you kind of I felt myself wanting that to be rewarded at the end as well. I, I think I would have been equally satisfied with either ending. I think it's really, really well presented, like in that way, so that you can manage to feel for both sides. I agree with the sort of principle of um the, the graft getting the reward. But I think unless I unless I missed something sort of quite precise, the last bit where he finds him in the in the apartment block what's the uh, what's the, the clue that leads them to that i think oh. he just looked at, i think he just looked around basically and it, it was just an open window all, and all the other like no no he finds it out from the from the guy who's guarding that sector he's literally like at that point he's just going ground to everybody who's patrolling them like you you've but just got point, the you've just got, got an identity that they don't know about yeah they but just you've just it. so you've just got the sound of the like the band over that like the march haven't you over that and nothing else and it keeps showing him having conversations with people um and like you don't hear anything but he sort of walks away from it obviously learning nothing and then he goes up to this guy who says like yeah one one guy went past but like he lives in those apartments so it's fine and it, it i presume it's the only time that he's heard like yeah, somebody has, I have let somebody through here. So he presumes that has to be the guy. Like there is nowhere else that anyone has got through and you've let someone through. Yeah, it makes logical sense. I think I just, I prefer the fantasy of like, of, of um, like sort of climactic problem solving. <laughs> I don't know quite how to describe it. And like you say, um, he, lo- he looks at the window and he sees that there's like, there's something yeah. behind this like suspiciously like blinded window. On a on a different note, I like um, all the sort of sequence of him having his gun designed and made, um, mm-hmm. sort of how that works. I think it has that like very industrial, purposeful look. It's not within the realms of realism. It's not kind of glorified to look like the most intimidating sort of weapon. It is essentially a series of pipes um, <laughs> that <laughs> that shoots bullets. Yeah, that was cool. But it leads to a scene. Um, we say there was no sort of interest in cinematography. Actually, one of the scenes that that sticks in my mind is when he's shooting the the watermelon 
Yeah. And he's sort of shooting and, and missing his target and adjusting his sights. And eventually loads one of his like hollow point bullets and it changes the camera angle to behind the watermelon. And he's just a sort of speck at the other end. And then suddenly the watermelon just explodes. And I thought that was, uh, yeah, that was cool. It was an interesting and sort of memorable shot. Yeah, I agree. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's all bad. I found most of the Jackal scenes where he's just going about his business and setting up his, his job, basically pretty watchable. I wouldn't say it was incredible, but it was, it was pretty watchable. You know, it was, it was pretty decent, but that's only half the film. And I I feel it, it does lack a sense of escalation as well. I, I never really got the sense that like, Oh, everyone's catching up to him now. That happens on that happens on multiple multiple moments. Like I didn't, I didn't he, get that sense though. When it, he gets it, it, when he gets off the train and they've like found the car and they've missed him by like minutes. Like when he's when the news report comes out and he's like in the apartment with the guy that he's met at the at the baths and I, like I, I you understand. just go, you just see him go know, into I, the I, kitchen. I know, and, uh, I know I, the scenes are there. What I'm saying is, it didn't give me that feeling of shit's kicking off here like it was just a very very much like the rest of the thing it was very matter of fact okay this has happened so he'll do this this has happened so he'll do this there was no there was no dynamic to it yeah it it lacked something which is why i want to watch film it's 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 hard the things that you don't like about it i don't disagree that they're there they're just directly the things that I like about the film it would be easy to make that a like bombastic moment and I really like that it's a I say the film it almost feels like a documentary of somebody like Mm. (laughs) filming either side of this of this story like it feels like incredibly uh accurate and like realistic so so, yeah it's the thing I like about it and I'm somewhere in the middle I like it to a degree (laughs) yes I suppose so An English gentleman can always be trusted to see sense. I can find the first 500 by noon tomorrow, but on condition we don't meet here. Well, there's nothing wrong with this place. It's very quiet. It's very private. There's everything wrong with this place as far as I'm concerned. Again about that. Nobody comes here unless they're invited by me. One has to be very discreet, you know, in my little sideline. <laughs> 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 on a lighter note, uh, there was a few moments I thought of accidental accidental comedy that mm-hmm. uh, I got a lot of enjoyment out of. Um, the first one that I got was the film opens with um, sort of these disgruntled soldiers trying to kill Charles de Gaulle while he's in his car, while he's going on the way to the airport. And they botch the job. And although they fire hundreds and hundreds of bullets, nobody's hit. And uh, the goal goes on his way. And eventually they catch the the ringleader. And uh, he says, don't you understand? No French soldier will raise his rifle to me. And then immediately the next scene is like 15 soldiers just shooting. (laughs) And then one walks over and shoots him again with his pistol. It's like, it looks like they are all all willing to raise their rifles. The, the pistol shot in particular, I really laughed at. It's so unnecessary. He's just been riddled with about <laughs> 50 bullets and a guy just comes over the pistol and just, uh, just to make sure. It's the immediacy of his confidence of like, nah, I'll be fine. <laughs> to being just, yeah, Swiss cheese. Mm, um, yeah. 
as you mentioned, like uh, um, the jackal kills lots of people in his pursuit to either kind of maintain his identity or just get things that he needs. But a couple of them, I like that he relies on the sort of Austin Powers judo chop, one swift chop to the neck. Mm. I think he killed like three people with just a quick kacha on the spine. Down they went. That feels very sort of anachronistic for the for the time. You probably weren't allowed to show that graphic of violence on film. So that was the sort of the compromise. <laughs> what did what did you think of um his performance? So Edward Fox? Yeah. Because I'm split on it. I think he's pretty solid, but again, not not much beyond that. I feel like he I mean he's got quite a complex character to play, even though they don't really delve into it that much. There's little bits and pieces. Ultimately, I think Andy said it before is completely right. As an assassin, his job is, you know, to kill, and he is basically an empty vessel. I think that's uh, it. It's another sort of division between the sort of realism versus film craft, I suppose. No, film craft is unfair. That's <laughs> realism versus fantasy, I guess. But he is he is exactly that. He's just a he's a nothing. Like his entire identity is uh is being a killer and everything he does is to that to that end, even when he's being charming. Um, I think like you could go the Hannibal Lecter version of a psychopath where they're sort of incredibly, incredibly charming and incredibly sort of verbose. I think this is probably a more realistic version of just an completely empathyless, merciless. You see it in the, mm, yeah, you kind of see it in the scenes, you know, like when he's, when he first meets the, uh, like the lady in the hotel, and yeah. um, I think he's really good in it. Essentially, like I think he's he makes the character likable without any sort of real like. There's a real like sort of I don't know like childishness, you know, in those sort of settings. And then when he's going out and like with the forger, like he's incredibly direct and like calculated. I think he kind of shows different. And then you've got the kind of the ruthless bit and the you know where he. It, clearly doesn't have any sort of empathy or like I think there's lots of different sort of sides that he shows like without the kind of like the flirting with the lady where he comes across as really charming and sort of yeah like I say there's kind of a boyish like charm to him without that I think like it did the character becomes completely like one-dimensional also all the fox all the foxes look the same you, like you wouldn't have to tell yeah, me that, of, it was, yeah. that it was part of the Fox family. I could have Edward Michael J. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's slightly spindly for a an assassin. I found I didn't always buy that he would be the physical threat that he's shown to be. I don't know. He gets um, his top off. He's got a, uh, no, he's, got a bit he's, of muscle he's, going he's, on. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's you know he's in he's shape live. or whatever. I'm just yeah. I think it, it, and again like realistically i think that's how you'd want to be as a as a as a real world fighter you know like being like arnold schwarzenegger is probably no good you'll be just slow and huge <laughs> i think you actually want to be like wiry and but i guess it gives him the opportunity to play that every man like they you know he is charming he does sort of get get women into bed for his own his own purposes he's not exactly a handsome man i don't think i think like it allows him to kind of go on a bit unnoticed in mm. I mean that's not an acting thing. That's just you know that's just his face. But yeah, well, yeah, well, I well done I, for having that face. <laughs> I kind of get what you mean. Like he's not, he's sort of unusually handsome. I think like he's kind of got that like 
but he's not a Cary Grant, is he? He's not like a, no. a chisel. No, he's not definitely like, yeah. not. He's not like classically handsome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I know you'll say that it's it's not that film, and this is this isn't what what was intended. But I feel like there was missed opportunities to actually potentially have you know chase scenes or something like that. Him more purposely evading uh, the attention he's getting. It it never does anything like that. There's there's very little in the way of action. I'm not saying I want it to be an action movie, but I feel like in a kind of cat and mouse kind of thing, which is what it purports to be, there needs to be something. As I say, it just it doesn't feel like there is to me. It's just kind of it just switches scene to scene and somewhat suddenly is somewhere else. It doesn't really show you that many times how he got there or whether it was a particular clever way that he evaded them. There's, there's moments here and there, but they're very sort of down-to-earth and practical and it's just a, a bit dull. I think fundamentally the film does one thing and it hasn't achieved that thing for you, which I'm surprised at. But, like, no, it has, it has none of those moments. Like, it sort of purposely moves away from that when that's, like, potentially there. Why, though? Because there was opportunities for it. As you said yourself, there's, there's moments where they're literally... But you know what, you know what my answer's going to be. Like, it, it does... I, I don't <laughs> It does what your answer is going to be because it because it purposefully avoids that every time there's an opportunity to show. Purposely avoids the opportunity to show anything that could be exciting to watch, like high high action or because I. So for me, I find the film all just like tension and release. Like there are probably two or three sort of key moments in the film where they look like they're getting like quite close to him, and it just builds that tension until those moments. And then he manages to like escape. There's no like bombast or like really dramatic scenes when he manages to. He just he just manages to escape from that situation. I feel like it doesn't really show him doing that ever. I, they, ha- I can't believe that. You, like I say, I, we are literally repeating yourself because I'm going to say the same two scenes that I said earlier. But like, there's the moment in the um, like with his. Uh, well, in fact, there's a few moments. There's like when he first kills her in the house, and then he's like escaping away, and um, and like crashes his car, and they've got like the number plate, and he takes the other car. There's uh, when he's at the train station, and um, and like he abandons his car, and they find that car, and they've missed him by like a few minutes. Yeah, but that's not. That's not. Yeah, yeah, because you say there's the the suspense and. Yeah, so I think the release. I don't. I don't think there is any because it doesn't do anything with those things. It's just like okay, yeah, he's. But that's because you're not feeling the suspense. That's what I'm saying. Like it's basically right. just not achieved for you what I think it. Well, what it has achieved for me, which is like I find those moments like full attention leading up to it, and then there isn't any like big, like moment. They've just failed and they carry on trying and they get close to him again. And it's another moment where it builds like a ton of this tension for me. Okay. I think we're I think we're circling. <laughs> that that is true. Uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna move us on. Do we have any any Put other the hammer? Any other points? Or do we want to get to scoring? No, I don't think I have any different points. I, I do think that. It wouldn't 100% surprise me if you, like, I'm not saying watch this film again soon, but if you watched it again in two years' time, I just think about the amount of films that I think are just entirely built on tension where you either get yourself wrapped up in that world or you don't. Like, 
I've watched mm. No Country for Old Men twice, not enjoyed it at all once, and absolutely loved it once. Like, mm-hmm. and it's a film where like very little happens; it's just all tension. And if you're not, if that doesn't catch you in that moment for whatever reason, then of course, like you'd find it boring because there's nothing in the plot or there's no like big moments. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you watch this film years from now and it had like the opposite effect that it had on you this time yeah never say never and absolutely i've had the same thing with several things as well but i think in this in this case i think the the thing is because and you were absolutely correct it's kind of built for me the the genre what it is now it was less of an espionage slash war thing than maybe i was expecting but nevertheless it's still definitely the type of film on paper that I love. And so I think that that's maybe what which amplified my disappointment. All right. <clears throat> I'll go right ahead and I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a six. I think there's enough about it that I enjoyed the film overall. I think I wouldn't, I think I was dancing between a six and a seven and I actually think discussing it a bit has highlighted a, a couple of things. That I agree. I sort of, not to my taste that means that means mark's won the argument so it's the only way to judge it just to some degree (laughs) uh yeah that's probably true but um sorry i don't don't want to win on negativity to be fair i'd far rather it was the other way around but i still want to point out that it's still on the side of good like i still enjoyed it and the sort of half of the film that i did like outweighed the half that I was less interested in. And there were still good bits in the detective storyline. They were just fewer and far farther between. Well, I, I'm gonna give it an eight. I didn't because I was defending it so much, I didn't really touch on any of the things that I didn't like the reason that it's not a 10, which is I really like slow pacing in film. And, and it, it didn't massively drag for me, but you're right, like it's what two hours twenty, something like that. And yeah, it's, it's a long one. The thing is, the pacing is the same throughout it. Like, it always takes its time with things. And there are a few... So it isn't that I want them to sort of quicken the pacing. It's just, like, a little bit of variety, I think, in times. Like, the end scene, I think, is great for it being, like, that whole build-up to the parade, being incredibly slow-paced, like, him getting there whilst they're setting up and everything else, and nothing happening over that period. I found that really sort of built the, like, tension up. But... There's no change of that through the film, and I would have liked like a little bit more variety in the pacing and things like that. Really enjoyed it. So eight out of ten. Cool, Marco, bring us back down to earth. Well, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's not like you know, I'm, I'm not going to trash it. I, it's a five for me. It's a berry. We need like a celebration noise. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, the scores are in. You ready to uh, move on to your album? Uh, Yes, certainly am. Ready as you'll ever be. Uh, That is 2016's Masterpiece by Big Thief. Um, It is 37 minutes and 18 seconds long. It has 12 tracks, much like the uh, Andrew Bird album. It's a bit of a boast, but Andy, tell us about your album choice. Yeah, there's not much uh, backstory to this, to be honest. I heard one song off it, really liked the one song. I probably gave the album like a one a one pass and for whatever reason sort of never went back to it. It's just been permanently on a on a list where I'm like, I'll give that a good listen one day. I think it might be, mm-hmm. might be up my street. So Got lots yeah, of lists like that. Picked it so I'd eventually get round to, to doing that. Ain't no time. 
thought it was absolutely fine. For the most part, kind of pretty middle of the road indie that leaning into a sort of folk feel. Um, <clears throat> I think every song on here is perfectly nice. I think there's there's plenty of nice hooks and um, whether it was just through sort of familiarity or otherwise, I was still left with plenty of songs in my head uh, kind of after listening. <clears throat> I think there's a little four song run towards the end between Paul and Animals, which I think is probably my favorite portion of the album. But I also think there's nothing really kind of special or stand out in here. Um, I think a lot of it, the entire album feels like it's kind of at one pace. There's not a lot in the way of kind of instrumentation or sort of style change. There's a couple of acoustic songs, which I think, again, add a nice little sort of something different, but it's hardly a leap away from kind of what they're doing with the full band. I listen to it quite a lot, obviously, for the purpose of the, the podcast. And I was never like bored. It never felt like a chore to listen to it, but neither did it really ever capture my attention. It kind of remained a, a fairly kind of background album while I would be doing something else. and. Um, yeah, it was pleasant enough, but that's that's about it. Well, I'll I'll jump in now and say that you've basically taken the words right out of my pocket because uh, thought I'd come in on a big on a almost on a, big, a, yeah. <laughs> a big protective note. Words out of my pocket. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm almost a hundred percent in step with you, even down to the run of songs you mentioned, which I agree with entirely. I think. Uh, the most captivating melody is the verse melody to Paul. Agreed. Oh, the last time I saw Paul, I was horrible and almost let him in. But I stopped and caught the wall, and my mouth got dry, so all I did was take in for a spin. Which sort of has a sort of slightly more magical fairy tale quality to it to me. Could have done with a lot more of that. There's a couple of other things I can mention that I did like. The guitarist I enjoy. I don't think he's doing anything incredibly original. Like I'm reminded of sort of early Neil Young, that sort of saturated, you know, fuzz kind of thing going on. I think that's a good comparison. Also, also a little bit of Sonic Youth as well. You know, I mean, you know me, he's doing a lot of discordant lead lines and chimey, sort of nice sounding open chords and in other places. And, you know, I, I dig that stuff. I don't think he's doing anything crazy good, but I, I think he brings quite a lot to their sound in general. I just don't think their sound in general is that special. <laughs> like... It's just, yeah, there's only two or three moments on the album which really jumped out to me. And I think at least two of them were guitar moments and probably just that vocal melody from Paul is the other one. Yeah, I think Humans kind of picks up the, the pace a little bit. Andy, what did you think in a in a wider listen? Can I, can I ask which song it was that you first heard as well? Uh, Animals, uh, which yeah, is the last agreed. of that run. 
that's in my that's in my run. Yeah. Um, yeah, I fundamentally uh, disagree with. No, I don't. I can't. Can't be bothered to <laughs> pretend. Um, yeah, I think the highs were probably a little higher. I, I have a feeling just off first discussion that I'm going to come in a little higher than you guys, but I don't really disagree with much of that. I think um, the it's interesting you picked up on the guitar straight away because the uh, the guitar reminded me of a certain certain Mark Wall at times. Like that, um, that like, I'm not saying it's something that you did all the time either, but I, I, I have a real love for that, like, like discordant, you know, obnoxiously loud in the mix of putting, like in real love, for example. is like a real ballad and yeah it's a, like that's the start, a great little guitar part in there the start like of the big discordant bend yeah, yeah the the like but the rest of the guitar is just like it i mean i think through the first like two verses it is basically just like a really like pretty little picking thing that's just kind of following mm. along with vocal line and occasionally like um occasionally like a little harmony to the vocal line and then like comes in with this yeah so like it's way too loud in the mix it just drowns out everything else it's really discordant and uh and like quite one note as well absolutely love it i have a little little yeah. smile every time that happens yeah. <laughs> but there's i think there's more moments like this on that on this album that 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 makes me like it a little more than than you guys but the problem is is that like seven or eight out of the 12 songs I'd agree with you. Like I sort of like them stylistically. Like they, they, they never have, even when it's sort of loud and heavier, they never have a big sound. They never pad out the sound. And I kind of like it. There's, there's things I don't like about that as well, in a way. Like it's almost like they're trying to, I think there's moments in the album where they're trying to make it sound like it's a bit more DIY than it is when it's quite a polished album. Like the first track just doesn't, I don't know why you need a really lo-fi like folk track in there. Like I think it has to go first or last because it just doesn't fit with the rest of the album. Like um like the like the I can't remember which song it is that starts off with the like vocal thing of like a you can hear a kid talking about how she like I love trucks. Yeah, it reminds me of um <clears throat> do you remember I smell like beef? <laughs> it's gonna be a <clears throat> a reference for a certain age group. No, nope, no, I, I smell like beef. <laughs> it reminded me of that. But go look it up, kids. It's still on the internet, like all of our shameful memories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just, I just I just sort of don't need them. But like highlights for me, I yeah, I like Paul. I think it's the there's a few ballads on that. I think Paul's the uh, by far the nicest of those, just melodically. Um, masterpiece the title track i think is a is a cool track i'm surprised that you don't quite get the variety because i think there's variety within a song like animal is the most stark of that One of my complaints is that there's not there's not enough 
points that jump out to me as like that was cool. I didn't hear, hear that coming. Yeah, I'm defending, I but I, can, I kind of agree with that. Like, I, I think I probably found more than you, but I, I do it in lots. Yeah, that's it. I think I think I agree broadly on that on that point, and that <clears throat> there are little points. And I think when you pick through them, you know, there are moments you think, oh yeah, that's that's quite cool within that song, but. The album just has a kind of blanket sound to it. And it did mean that maybe I missed some things going on in there, but it it just became that sort of background soundtrack sort of thing to me. And it wasn't until I say later on in the album where Paul with its melody, I think humans, because it picks up the pace a bit. Um, Velvet Ring is, I remember being good. You're right about there are a few like time changes and things, but there are also songs that are sort of quite boring in their structure and chord progressions and don't and don't really do anything special. Um, I think her voice is nice. Again, it's not like absolute top tier for me, but I think her voice is pretty nice and and suits suits the sound. I like her voice. I think it's it's one of them where it's it's all it's all character over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm into yeah. that because I, I think there's a real like. I think if you really love this album, it's because you'd love kind of the storytelling like aspect to it. I think her voice has a load of character and I think the lyrics have a deeper meaning that I'm kind of prepared to uh, delve into. reminded me a little bit of the Andrew Bird album that we did um, sort of stylistically going for a, a similar similar area um, think? I think I think it's kind of that it's folk indie and sort of leans I think folk, folk in yeah folk indie is really difficult because folk indie always makes me think of like Mumford and Son and stuff like yeah. that so you know way more poppy and like it's 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 definitely more interesting than that for me like, absolutely I think, yeah I'm not, I think I'm not putting it in that category yeah, I think there's there's way more interesting choices made at the time. I, I slightly disagree with you. I think there's as well, Mark, and like Paul being the only kind of interesting thing melodically. Like I think there's uh, like I say, real love. I do I do like as a as a song, and it's kind of entirely based on its melody because there isn't that much more to it. Uh, parallels at the like the the title tr- uh, the the final track i think is uh, again like melodically quite nice although not a like outstandingly interesting song it's kind of no it's 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 fine it, again it's nice and i like the um the chimey guitar chords over it so I will say, like, to try and bring it a little bit more positive, aside from the first song, which I don't dislike as a song, I just really hate the kind of lo-fi, like, mm-hmm. thing that I don't think fits with anything else on the album. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any bad tracks. Like, I no. think all the tracks kind of feel fall within a kind of 
I d- ultimately, I was disappointed because I the first song I heard, I still think is the best song from it, which is always a kind of disappointing thing. And also weird because it's not like, I don't think it's the title track or a particular or a single or anything like that. Yeah, I think like it just sort of, I heard it randomly and it just kind of resonated. But But yeah, ultimately, like all of the songs fall between that kind of middle to middle upper range i guess like a sort of you know five to seven or whatever i think the range is just a little different for me yeah it's I, I agree that there's nothing that jumps out as bad per se equally there was nothing my favorite song is probably a six out of ten mic drop i sort of i see this as like the it's a james milner of albums I agree. There aren't really very many low points. Never really underperforms, but you also you're not going to get you're not going to get a hat trick from this album either. I think it's still got plenty going for it. I see why people like it, but yeah, it just doesn't just doesn't quite do enough for me. Anything else, or do we want to want to do a score? I think I'm ready to score. If I'd heard this when I was a lot younger and wasn't familiar with more similar stuff. It probably would have scored a lot higher, but it's a five for me. We've said it all, haven't we? I think um, very similar reasoning. My range is slightly higher. It's another six for me. I think it's it's good. It's tough. I'm like, I'm very much, I just said that all the songs were within like a five and a seven for me, which, it, which is true. Got to be a six. I'm going to give it a seven. That's maths. Yeah, no, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> That's just science, man. <laughs> because I'm discounting, I'm basically discounting animals, and that's uh, from that. And I, I love that song. I think it's great. Like the that um, breaches the seven barrier, it massively breaches the seven barriers. The, that's your marquee stand, player. It's the standout. I like all of the sections of it, like individually. It does that, like really, like drone loud guitar thing that I really dig on the album. Anyway, does that on it. So that track's probably a nine, and honestly, it just lifts the rest of it because nothing falls below like a five. I think it's all very serviceable. Serviceable is the word. (laughs) And uh, and yeah, there's other tracks as well that I quite like. So I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm always the miserable one, and uh, and it's nice to be Captain Positive. So next week are my picks. Um, for the film, I'm going to pick Get Out. And for the album, I'm going to pick Citizen of Glass by Agnes Obel. Come back and join us next time. We'll talk about that particular film, that particular album. But that's all from us at Screen and Needle. Uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.